Praise the Lord Jesus. So good to be back again uh, online for our Wednesday uh, midweek uh, meal and seeking his face, trusting God that he will speak to our hearts. Hallelujah. Let's give him the glory and honor that is due to him. Hallelujah. We give you thanks, Lord Jesus. We give you praise, Holy One. Thank you for the name that's above every name. Hallelujah. The mention of the name of Jesus. Your word says, Every knee in heaven, on earth, and under the earth shall bow. We give you thanks, Lord. Hallelujah. That your word is final authority. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Who dwells on the inside of us. We worship you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead. And he is Lord. Every shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Hallelujah. Labashere babarangasta prazali bacante. Ena caro zora mambreliste melevinto epetala jora zembreliste baracasa prala falavante kentorobos maracasa varande rebelte hallelujah samarancolosto prolocosto mabalana granda rabacasa rabacati reboshondoro we give you praise la brisebelindo rocusotoro Mephalandere Masabarabakasandarabakasa Matia Shorokunto Meske Presevente Mankatam Pelicoso Crumet Kide Brukodos Grevedi Beli Gembralista Malafarakaya We worship you, we worship you Hallelujah La Breste Bredevelemente Kerapia Oh thank you Lord, thank you Lord, thank you Lord, thank you Lord, thank you Lord Palmataba crasa maketeko lucusu brelite keste. Framadia lamando cosucros to fede velina mendi. Lepocuso prekizemelinte. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Apresele mocoropolo dea. Bredo custo make a brele vide. Hallelujah, separanto. We worship you. 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 Trucosucorica zica la paraca seca lenderesto. Worship and adore you. Saprelemende brese preteviso brosso prelebere de celeboco soracante. We give you thanks. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, Father. Oh, we give you thanks, we give you thanks, we give you thanks, we give you thanks. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we bless your holy name. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your holy name. Glory to your holy name. Glory to your holy name. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We call every need met. Every yoke destroyed, every burden removed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Father. We have a scripture on prayer that really takes care of uh, all kinds of Questions about prayer, and it's in the new covenant there, in 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Verse 15 continues, and if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's a, a cover-all kind of scripture there in concerning prayer. And it's a blessing to know that you can ask and God will hear you if you ask according to his will. And that is the point. So the, the will or testament or the document that promises the heirs that whatever inheritance belongs to the, fa the father or the parents will be theirs. That kind of will, that document is given to us in the word of God. Hallelujah. There is the old covenant and the new covenant, all of which represent God's heart and desire to give us whatever he is uh, and whatever he owns, hallelujah, to make sure that the sons receive all of his benefits, praise God. And so the more you understand his will, the more confidence comes to you. The more you read this document, the more you understand his heart and his desire for his family, and you have answers to your prayers and your petitions. Hallelujah. So we, we thank God for such clear scripture. And it's a blessing to know that. Let's hear this also in Canada. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 also. Now, Athana Chitta and Saravagi, another Vedicundari, Athan Kedu, Athanamba, Baravasa, Athan Ali Namaguntu. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you have uh, petitions, prayers, desires that uh, desire fulfillment in God. You're looking for answers. You're looking, looking at the possibility of God hearing you, Almighty God Himself, with whom nothing is difficult. Imagine God actually 
hearing your prayers. Glory to God. Whatsoever we ask. There's a scripture in the psalm, Psalm chapter 20. And uh, it also carries some of these thoughts. Notice verse 1. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. And he goes on. Send thee help from the sanctuary. And strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings. And accept thy burnt sacrifices. This is a prayer. This is a desire. That God would defend his people. Remember what they gave in his name. Verse 4. Grant thee according to thine own heart. And fulfill all thy counsel. So that God would fulfill his counsel concerning them. We will rejoice in thy salvation. Verse 5 continues. And in the name of our God we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Praise God. So there are banners of victory, you know, uh, trophies and rejoicings that are expected because God fulfills all our desires and answers, our petitions. Thank God that it is true. This is uh, a psalm of David. And uh, you may remember verse 7, some trust in chariots, some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is uh, our confidence and it's been like that all over uh, down history. That they have had confidence in a God who hears their prayers. A God who will give them a victorious banner. A celebration. And a God who saves them and delivers them. Amen. Hallelujah. So we expect that. There is a, a direct um, continuity of these thoughts bringing us into a covenant with God in the New Testament where we have petitions that we desired because we have approached him based on his will, based on his word, on his heart, his desire for his family. Hallelujah. Let's hear also Psalm 20 verse 1 to 5 in Canada. Katanu Katina Divasa Dali Minna Pratame and Nukedali, Yakovana Devara Hesaru Minna Nukapadali. Parishudas Taladola Ginda Ninage Sahaya Kaduisali, Chio Lininda Minna Nubalapadisali. Minna Arpanegal and Nella, Napaka Madi Minna Dahanabali and No Angi Karisali, Sela. Minna Swanta Hudeda Prakara Ninage Kodali, Minna Alochane and Nella Puraisali. Now, Nina Rakshane Ali, Hashisi Nama Devara Hesarin Ali, Vaja Ituvu, Katanu Nina Binahagar and Nella Puraisali. Praise God. So, you will notice here that it was a plan before time began that God would have his people freely choose and uh, understand his nature and receive their victorious results and banners of victory for prayer requests and using his name and observing God uh, defend them. Hallelujah. However, in that uh, last uh, verse we read out of 1 John 5, as you proceed down to the last verse, verse 21, it says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. 
Amen. So there is this possibility that even though we are enjoying such a unique relationship with the Almighty God, that He's a Father to us, and He delivers us and answers us, and uh, it is His will, we can also have other things uh, replace Him in our lives. That is a possibility. We may not be uh, building physical objects and worshipping them, but directly talking to the heart here, we may have other things taking His place, and our confidence becomes misplaced, and we begin to trust things rather than uh, Him. The Creator may be put in the background, and we may just run our lives based on created things that are not uh, focusing on Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Interesting how this is possible in the New Testament also. Glory to God. Let's hear verse 21 also in Canada. So anytime you realize according to the scriptures uh, that God's desire is to give you all things, is to make sure that you have everything that uh, he desires for his children to have, it's such a thrilling thought, such a wonderful thought. Praise God. But on the other hand, there's a cautious caution, there, a cautious message about how nothing should become an idol and we should keep ourselves from idols. Amen. So things will come, uh, manifestations will take place, but we need to keep ourselves from making them into an idol. Hallelujah. So this is, this is an interesting aspect that our heart can be pulled in different directions. And our desires, uh, even though fulfilled by actually hearing God and watching God answering our prayers, our heart can still, in quote, be pulled in the direction of idols. Very interesting. In First Timothy chapter 4, or rather chapter 6, he says, in verse 15 he says, Which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentiate or potentiate the King of kings and Lord of lords who only has immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto whom no man has seen nor can see to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Hallelujah. Here we have this King of Kings, this Lord of Lords, the only Lord, notice there, he says, he dwells in unapproachable light. So he's not someone that you see. One day we will see him as he is, but right now uh, we only approach him by faith. And so sometimes our senses and our heart Emotions, our will, all of the emotions that are connected there can desire something more uh, seen or more touchable than this unseen person who dwells in unapproachable light. And the only way to approach him is through the light of his word, the light of his own spirit. Praise God. 
that understanding, that revelation causes us to see him uh, as he is in the spirit. But then our own desires, which are usually connected to our heart or emotions and feelings, sometimes they want something that they can feel and perceive and touch. And so that can become the idol. Praise God. It's like that. And verse 17 continuing, notice, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. It's interesting that there are riches, and God wants to give you riches, and to give you all things richly to enjoy. Thank God there is permission there to enjoy these things and richly, hallelujah, but to not misplace the trust. There's that gentle balance thrown in there that you are not trusting in the uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So that, that whole uh, aspect there is where our hearts need to be watched and directed and uh, kept knowing that uh, this is how God thinks, this is how God looks at uh, situations. Praise God. Verse 18 continues that they do good, they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. So there is this uh, ability to also bank and uh, put things in store for yourself. But it's in a place that seems to be uh, less visible. Praise God. The invisible realm where God himself dwells in unapproachable light. It's possible to save there. And those things will endure time and uh, mortality. Praise God. We have all of these thoughts going through and you know others have come before us and this was written to Timothy and uh, he was given a charge to communicate it to those that had things, stuff in the natural that they do not trust in uncertain riches because they are uncertain. Hallelujah. They do not have a guarantee. So God doesn't want us to be put to shame. He wants us to often consider the fact that he's more real than anything that you can see or feel, including whatever you have stored up uh, for your enjoyment, for your future, that God is bigger than all of that. So we have to constantly check our hearts and um, make sure we have built our life on a good foundation against the time to come. Praise God. The time to come. Hallelujah. Very interesting thought there. So, um, praise God for the reality. I'd like to read this out of the Amplified, which is, you know, uh, wordy sometimes. Verse 19. In this way, laying up for themselves the riches that endure forever as a good foundation for the future so that they may grasp that which is life indeed. Hallelujah. 
So there is this life indeed, there is a true foundation, a good foundation for the future that you may lay hold, that you may not run after things that are vain and you cannot hold them. My wife was saying the other day how we were talking about salespeople on the road. I was talking about how in Africa they sometimes they'd be putting oranges on their head on a basket and crying out something or the other. Sometimes even kerosene was sold in little uh, bottles and it would say kerosene, something like that, you know. All those kind of voices would be heard and, and then she talked about how, you know, back in her uh, youth and younger days, the, there would be people say, saying certain things, you know, and it would be, you know, different languages. But in her case, it was, I think, Tamil. That does, it sounded like Mayam, something like Mayam, Mayam. It would be like a short form for some product that would be sold. And, and the, her mother would say, you know, in chorus, Elam, and then Mayam, and then Elogam. Mayam, so to speak, uh, you know, everything is temporary. It is just Maya, Maya, hallelujah, everything is Maya. Praise God. So <laughs> maybe that's why we're reading these kind of verses, because it is true that nothing is permanent. Hallelujah. Everything is changing. This world itself, you can see, uh, is rapidly changing. What you see today is not what was there some time ago. Uh, the earth is actually going through a big change. We're getting ready for another time of, or another age. And so God doesn't want us to be disappointed. God wants us to be able to have a grip on the things that uh, are eternal, that will stand the test of time. Hallelujah. So the Ulagame Mayam should not be our story. We have the eternal. Hallelujah. Amen. So God wants us to set our hopes uh, on certain riches, not uncertain riches. Of course, He wants us to richly enjoy all things, but He wants us to lay hold on certain true riches. Hallelujah. And save up for ourselves. You can see a good God here, not wanting His people to be disappointed or embarrassed by anything. Amen. Let's hear verse 16 uh, through to 19 also in Canada out of First Timothy 6. Mundina Kalaki Ule, Astivara Vaguanta, Ugadanu Tamage, Kulisitukola Bakin Talu, Nitajivavanu, Didikulu Avaragira Bakin Talu, Avarige Agnapisu. Praise God. So we have a God who loves us, cares for, for us so deeply. He doesn't want us to be embarrassed, put to shame, 
give our lives to vanity, but rather for us to enjoy things that endure and also transcend time and space. Hallelujah. It is into this kind of uh, relationship and care that we are being released, you know. And uh, he wants us to remember those kind of things. Uh, last week we were reading out of Romans chapter 9. A few thoughts there. Maybe we'll pick up the thread and see. We were observing that God doesn't hate anybody, but he hates uh, the attitude and their choices. And um, that is who he is, you know. Praise God. And so we, we need to be able to understand that and interpret the scripture accordingly. That God cannot hate anyone. God so loves the world. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance and the knowledge of him. Praise God. I thank God that that is the truth. Glory to God. We were reading in verse 7, Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. This is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him that call it. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. That kind of language, and uh, God simply knows, because he's almighty God, the choices that each one will make before they even came into natural existence. And when it is written there that I loved Jacob but hated Esau, we should understand that it is not the person, but rather their attitude, their choice, uh, and so forth that he is standing against. Because he knows that it is empty, vain, and a waste. It will not stand the test of time. And that is why we are uh, calling upon the rock that is eternal. Hallelujah. And his name is Jesus. And that rock followed them around, the Bible says. But it became a rock of offense and a stone of stumbling. And so many realities there that just the natural person would not understand. Thank God we are not just mere people, although we have natural bodies with senses like everybody else. We are learning to wean ourselves uh, and grow and develop uh, out of depending on our senses to looking to God and His Word as our final authority. And that has to be uh, reinforced again and again. So we, we never get to a place where we say, I've read the Bible cover to cover. I know the Bible. No, it's our food. It's our daily sustenance. And you never get to a place where you say, I've eaten enough all these years. Now for the remaining time of my life, I'm eating nothing. That's a joke. Hallelujah. This is our sustenance. And it produces 
every result natural and also uh, eternal. Hallelujah. So we need to see that. Let's turn in also to a familiar scripture over there in James, or rather Romans, sorry. On Sunday I had also started off on James, but then I dumped it. Praise God. Let's see if we'll pick it up again anytime. Uh, Romans fourteen twenty three. And he that doubted is damned or condemned if he eat because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. God hates sin. He loves sinners. And therefore he cannot but. He cannot. That's his nature. He cannot but resist and refuse sin. And that's what he hated. He hated anything that was not of faith. And he still hates anything that's not of faith. It cannot be based on our emotions. It cannot be based on our feelings. It has to be based on our trust in his word and his promise and his character that he never changes, that he is a God of integrity, that once he says it, that is his heart on the matter. So that's what he does not like. Whatever is not of faith cannot please God. No matter how much it is covered up with flesh and fleshly thoughts and operations in the energy of the flesh rather than faith, he cannot stand it. It is a stink in his nostrils. And that is what we have to take away from this uh, thinking. Let's see if we can hear Romans 9 uh, and probably verse 16, no, 17 and 18 also in Canada. And then we can also hear Romans 14. Uh, verse 23 also in Kannada. Amen. So um, jumping off from 9, we were talking about those children who were yet unborn. And then he goes on and begins to introduce another person called Pharaoh. That also is a subject sometimes that causes trouble. You know, uh, they were not yet born, but he loved one and hated the other. You understand it is not someone that he hates. It is their nature. So back in Romans 9, we have verse 16 onwards. So then it's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that shows mercy. For the scripture says unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose, have I raised thee up that I might show my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore has he mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will he hardeneth. <laughs> so sometimes people will say, what's the point then if he hardens people whom he wants to harden and softens people that he wants to soften? You can just read it off like that and say, God should not blame anybody. He's the one who hardens us. He's the one who 
chooses us. He's the one who plans everything and then he blames us. Verse 19. Thou wilt say then unto me, Why does he yet find fault? For who has resisted his will? There are people who say, You know, he's almighty God. Here you see the scripture says, He made Pharaoh's heart hard and then he is judging Pharaoh. You know, he is almighty God and he himself said, I, I have hardened and I have chosen and I hate this guy and, and I love the other. And you know, all of these thoughts can come running and racing through your mind. And it's interesting because this word has to be understood from the nature of God and his freedom and his ability to give us a choice that we choose. And that is perfectly going to be guarded throughout. And you must be able to see it in spite of things that seem to be written contrary to that. Verse 20 says, But O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? And then he goes on in 21, Has not the potter power over the clay? Of the same lump to make one vessel. Uh, notice that. Unto honor. Glory to God. And another unto dishonor. Praise God. So here we have this interesting vessels of honor theme coming in there again. Verse 22. What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long sufferings. The, uh, suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he has pre, uh, afore prepared unto glory. And all of these kind of thoughts will now say, uh, maybe he chose some of us to be vessels of honor and some of us to be vessels of dishonor. And that was his plan, and that was his choice. So why does he expect me to be a vessel of honor then? I can do whatever I want. I can choose however I want, because God already chose that I should be like this and like that, because he's the potter, and I am the clay. And you, thou art the potter, I am the clay, you know. And you could use that kind of song to reinforce the fact that God chose some uh, for certain good plans and others for, you know, not so great plans. Hallelujah. And uh, so on and so forth. Meanwhile, he's saying, ask what you desire. I will give you. I'm listening. Uh, this is my will. And then on the other hand, he says, keep yourself from idols. Hey, what is this? Does he give me a free will? And then he forces his will on me. And he makes me in a certain way because he's the potter and I'm the clay. And all of that kind of confusion can arise. But notice, you cannot please God without faith. And God hates sin and unbelief. Anything that's not of faith is sin. And you have to understand that God never changes. That he's the same yesterday, today and forever. That these aspects of his nature never change. And he doesn't want us to be put to shame. And he wants us to receive eternal benefits while enjoying the temporal life also. How do you put all of that together in such thoughts? Well, 
I believe we should begin to look at this potter business, this clay business. We don't often talk about it, but it's good to see the potter and the clay because we are supposed to look to ourselves and consider whether we are vessels of honor or vessels of dishonor. We can upgrade the value of our vessel and make it more precious. So we might as well figure it out and go to the, in quote, potter's house. And let's go see what he does. Well, even though I did fine arts in school, um, I was not really into pottery, but uh, as a you know, part of the fine arts class, there was a pottery session, and I you know, sometimes would look at it and uh, observe, maybe because it involved getting your hands a little dirty. <laughs> Hallelujah. Maybe that's why I'm not into farming also, really, but I like to see the product of the farm. It looks good and tastes good, but um, hallelujah, you have to just get down and dirty if you're going to get involved with pots. If you're going to get involved with clay, you'll have to be uh, involved dynamically (laughs) with mud, with, uh, you know, in quote, dirt. And we are made of earthen vessels, so we have to get used to the idea that God came down to our level and decided to help us fashion these bodies. Amen? Uh, Get involved. And so he himself came to the earth uh, born of a woman as flesh. Amen? That's God's own hand coming down to our level as a potter. Praise God. Let's go to Jeremiah, uh, the 18th chapter. But, you know, as you grow older, you realize, hey, these hands can be washed. They can be washed clean. Hallelujah. Even though you are cleaning the sewer at one minute, the other minute you can wash it so clean and it will smell of perfume. Praise God. And you can do all that. But when you're young, you'll be like, ew, this smells like, etc. Amen. But let's go to Jeremiah 18 and observe from verse 6, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Praise God. So verse 3 says, I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again. Another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. So there is this, you know, view of the potter's house and the wheel and the clay. Verse 5 says, Then the word of the Lord came to me saying. So from that he saw uh, what God wanted to say to him. Sometimes you can be watching things naturally and God will begin to minister to your heart. O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? That seems like like logical thing. The, the potter is saying, can I not do what I want? Says the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Praise God. So you have this uh, statement there that God can do whatever he wants. True. But he will not mess with our personal choice and our will. And he knows our choice and our will before time began. 
And he is a patient God. And he waits and he works with us, um, you know, to see if we can use our choices positively from his word. And that's why we can keep ourselves from idols. Amen. Idols will come as we continue to move on with our life down here. But we can decide to keep ourselves from the idol. Praise God. Verse 7. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation, concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy, if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. All King James, strong stuff. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation, concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then will I repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. So you have a God here who says, I want to do my will, but you have to decide whether you want to obey or not. If you obey, there are benefits. If you disobey, there are uh, evil things stashed up. So here we have... The potter. If you look at the potter working, he doesn't just throw the clay onto the wheel, start cycling or pedaling away, and then just bash it up and, you know. His original way of doing this, if you notice, his hand will come slowly and just try to shape it nice and gentle. But if the clay is hard, in spite of the stuff that he's doing, then he begins to increase the pressure a little more, and then a little more. And if the thing doesn't still obey, then he squashes it off and, and dumps it off and picks some other clay. Praise God. Have you noticed that? If you haven't, observe. Go observe it now and then. The original touch is gentle. But if the clay begins to, in quote, resist... Then he puts some more pressure. And then if it resists again, he puts some more pressure. Hallelujah. Why? Because, hey, you want to fight against the potter? You're just clay. <laughs> You're just mud. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Don't you get that feeling if you were the potter and you had that clay lump there? So as the pressure is being applied against the potter's hand, he increases the pressure. And if that vessel is not yielding, then he just has to cancel, you know, that work and start with some other clay, etc. Praise God. So you will find out that it's not a good idea to resist the hand of the potter if you are clay. If you are the potter, then it's different. And we are not the potter. We are the clay. So our business is basically to submit to the hand of the potter. Or listen to what he's saying and just obey it. Then our life will be free from misery. And we can enjoy, hallelujah, richly all things. Hallelujah. And have savings laid up for us in heaven and for the time to come. Can you see that? And we can be free from having all of these idols. Amen. So it comes down to a daily thinking 
of what is the potter doing? What does the potter want? And just agree with the potter and flow with the potter and the vessel becomes better and better in the potter's hand. He's like, oh, this is a nice clay mud. This is a nice little pack of mud. Wow, I like this. It's just going with the flow. However my hand goes, it's going with my hand. Now I can make something out of this. Hallelujah. So it is wise to uh, just go with the hand of the potter. Let him mold, let him make. And let us do that every day and many times during the day. Hallelujah. Check and see what the hand of the Lord is doing. What the hand of the potter is asking. And so a life of submission is not a weakness, but it is meekness. Hallelujah. It is a place where you're allowing God's will to be done in your life. Thy will be done. Hallelujah. On earth as it is in heaven. And that kind of prayer and cry from the clay is what God is willing to answer. Because it is for your benefit. It's for my benefit. And we will see the result. Amen. And it will be a cause of great joy. Hallelujah. Let's see if we can read a verse or two in Canada also. Jeremiah 18, uh, we can see verse 3 uh, all the way to, let's just read verse 3 first of all and then talk a little and go on. Glory to God. So there is the handwork. The handiwork of God, the hand of God, God's work, God's hand, all of that is involved there. Verse 4 also in Canada will help all the way through verse 6. So we're not going to blame the potter. Uh, we're not going to put any uh, accusation against the potter. But let us rather consider the clay and see what the clay can do. God has not changed. In the book of Proverbs chapter 3, notice verse 34. Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. This is Proverbs and uh, you will see the same kind of statement uh, all over the scripture. He says there, for instance, in James chapter 4, uh, good old scriptures like that. That will help us. Let's see if we can read um, Proverbs 3.34 first of all in Canada. Hmm. Praise God. So he's a God who has not changed. He still wants to give grace. But he can only give grace to the humble. Grace is that ability that helps you to do something as though it was no big deal. It was nothing. 
You know, some people can do mathematics as though it was no big deal. But for others, mathematics is, can you just roast me in the fire instead? <laughs> there are some people like that, you know. Uh, I know this pastor that mathematics is his game. His father used to just solve uh, mathematical equations just for rest during his retirement days. While others are reading the newspaper, he's doing logic and mathematics during retirement. I mean, isn't that interesting? That's his father. And, you know, interestingly, he's also like that. He just loves mathematics. And that's a pastor. Well, not too many pastors like that. But glory to God, you know, it's a grace that's given to some people. Amen. Some can draw, others cannot draw for nuts. If they drew... If they drew a horse, it will look like it's a rock. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's grace. It's just a natural thing we're trying to explain here. But God gives grace to the humble. So that you walk through things as though nothing happened. No steam, no smoke, no trace of the fire, no trace of anything in the natural. You just walk through that, you know, like that. The other day we... Uh, some days ago, we, we were in Commercial Street, and there was this guy that we used to buy ice cream from, little cones, before the big, you know, high-tech ice cream machines came. Uh, our children were little that time, and this guy had his ice cream just at the corner, and he used to sell socks and bloomers and things like that. Uh, and we used to go by there and always stop there for it, 10 or 20 rupee ice cream cone and buy some socks or something. And then we met the guy again after donkey years and wow, he was just looking the same. And he was still selling socks and bloomers and he still had the ice cream. After like 15 years and he looked the same and he was not a believer. And I said, man, you look the same. That's what grace can do to you. Amen. That you can just look the same, like nothing happened. Hallelujah. Amen. Even though you've been through all kinds of stuff, 2021, 2022, you've been through all kinds of storms, but you're just the same. That's the grace of God. You're not shaking and shivering. You're not, you're committed to the mental asylum. You're still living a married life. Your children are doing okay. Wow. Praise the Lord, you haven't dropped out of the, you know, ministry and uh, you have not flipped sides with the devil. You know, praise God. That's all grace. And God gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. And humble is not just something you do from the outside. You know, you can pretend. But when the guy turns around, you'll be like, I'll show you, man. That's different, you know. This is what God sees is the heart. He sees what's going on inside. And uh, that is what he can see before time began. He saw that Jacob, even though he seemed like the rough guy who was the corn man holding on to the leg of his brother, even from the womb, he knew his heart that this man was going to pursue God and say, God bless me, I need you. That you are everything to me. Instead of this stick, I'm leaning on you. Hallelujah. So that trust, that leaning on of the whole personality, trusting in God, not something. Not some 
person, but God. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's look at this again uh, in James. James 4. Notice verse 5. Do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusted to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisted the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Hallelujah. Notice here how these things are working together. That there seems to be a place where God is envious of things that are taking our attention. I doubt that that is fully possible, but at the Uh, On the other hand, thank God that you can say, whatever God doesn't want, I don't want. Whatever God wants, that's what I want. I'm going to humble myself to the hand of the potter here. I'm not going to resist the potter. I'm not going to fight against the potter. Hallelujah. Amen. Notice the fourth verse. You adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Did you notice that? There's a whole uh, statement there that sounds rough again. And it's all there in the loving heart of a loving heavenly father. Do you really want to be my enemy? Does your heart want to uh, begin to chase after other things? All of this is in the book of James. Very strong stuff. Opening up with a pastor who is very humble. That he doesn't say that he's even Jesus' brother. He just says he's a servant of the Lord. And he has submitted from his heart. (laughs) That even though he was my half-brother. I'm just his servant. He's the almighty God. He made me. And here he's just speaking from revelation rather than any other natural thing. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. That's verse 7. Verse 8. Draw nigh to God. He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Hmm. Are all these things written to the church? They are. Because we can decide during a certain course of events, you can decide whether you're going to agree with God, whether you're going to submit to God, or whether you're going to go against Him, whether you're going to stand against Him. Hallelujah. And all of these things can be dangerous because God hates those things, not you. Hallelujah. I don't want to be an enemy of God. I think I'm just going to agree with Him. I'm going to deal with issues. And just say, forgive me, Lord, if I sound like I'm that unfaithful person, that unfaithful. God is going to say to us one day, well done, thou good and qualified servant. No. Thou good and very educated servant. No. He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. That is the thing that he's looking for. Faithful. Hallelujah. Amen. He qualifies us and then he allows us to experience choices. Whether you'll be faithful or unfaithful. Amen. God help us to be faithful. 
Hallelujah. Let's hear a couple of verses here. Verse 5 and verse 6 also in Kannada. because we are not used to this idea that humbling ourselves is a good plan we are used to the idea that if you are humble you are nothing you are nobody you are doormat but you see that's in the world's way of thinking that's the way the world thinks that is what they want us to conform to they are also like the potter trying to make the wheel that way and that if you Uh, conform to somebody and you obey somebody you are their slave hallelujah and so there's this whole business of boot licking just when the boss is there you do the right thing when he's not there ha you think you have how to move to the next company etc but god sees all those moves million million years before you know zillion years before before time began he sees everything and he says i like this i don't like that hallelujah so if you have such kind of thoughts it's better to just dump them for god's sake hallelujah because there's coming a day of rewards praise god just be humble praise god just agree with the potter just go with what he's saying and do that as frequently as possible so it's never too much to study the bible it's never too much to go and hang around the things of god we need even more because in that that flesh is the ability of the clay to resist to resist the potter amen can you imagine that you can resist the potter and you know according to the greek studies on such words i've heard that uh, the word that is used there in god's favor is that god will just become like an army against you he will take up army encampments against you if you want to resist him it's like he will go into all out war and say you want to fight i'll show you <laughs> i don't want to see god bristling up like that and giving me a fight no i don't want to fight with god is my hope but we can fight with him it is there in our fallen flesh nature which sadly we have to deal with as a believer not the devil really the devil is already handled and taken care of we just need to work with the flesh <laughs> and this is where the action is amen first peter 5 notice there verse 5 likewise you younger submit yourselves unto the elder you know that's not the way the world is right now yea all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility for god resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble so here we have a person who already has the the heart or the spirit man being born again but now he has to put that on the outside 
Thank God you're born again. On the inside of you, among the fruits of the Spirit, is the humility of God. Amen. The love of God. The joy of the Lord. All of these wonderful things are in the spirit man. But the heart here also involves your thoughts and your reactions. Your own, uh, call it personal uh, thinking and your own working space and things that you just don't like. Hallelujah. So you have to force it and be clothed. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So does he want to exalt me? Yes, he does. But I need to humble myself. That's something I do. I need to humble myself. And he will exalt me in due time. Praise God. Hallelujah. These are things that only a potter knows about. Praise God. And since we have not been doing pottery, maybe we are not too familiar with it. Amen. Hallelujah. But God went and looked for us before time began and said, This is the one I want. This is the one I want to work with. And his time starts now. And lo and behold, 1965... You were born on the earth. Hallelujah. And he kept his hand and watched you gently waiting for the day when you would say, Amen, I accept Jesus. And then his hand came and said, let's do it like this. And you were still smoking and you were drinking and you were doping or whatever. And then he was applying gentle pressure. You need to dump that. This thing is not good for your mind. It's going to open you up to other spirits. You need to dump it. It's a mind bender. The door of your inward life is through your thinking. We need new kind of thinking, boy. Let's go get some more thinking straightened out. And if you continue to resist it, you just make the process harder. Hallelujah. But if you say, man, I had enough of this rubbish. Lord, help me. I need to keep hearing your word. I need your, your word more and more to affect my thinking so much that I'm no longer the same as I used to be. And those daily decisions bring you up. And here you are in 2022. And you're still there. Things have happened. You've not decided completely. Uh, you know, all your decisions may not be perfect, but hey, your attitude is, Lord, honestly, I'm available. I like to make adjustments. I'm here again. I'm studying your word. I'm praying about it. Help me, Lord. I believe that that kind of attitude will keep us going. Because the only perfect person in the Bible is Jesus. Every other person had to go through some serious adjustments. Amen. Hallelujah. But the idea is that God did not make me like that. God made me a new creature. That's what he did. The rest of the stuff, I need to adjust and humble myself under his hand. On Sunday, we saw that Jesus prayed three times about the will of God. Doesn't he know the will of God? Yes. Doesn't he know the plan of God? Yes. But there was a part of him that was reeling and resisting and fighting against the will of God. And he had to pray and settle the matter before going to the cross. 
Hallelujah. That will teach us something. That even if you were perfect, there is a part of you that does not want to do the will of God that you may have to deal with. For some people it may be easy. For others it may not be easy. Hallelujah. Humbling yourself may be the worst thing you could ever do. Praise God. Hallelujah. And it doesn't matter if you were born in a village or a city. It's not based on circumstances. It's just based on you. Your own thinking. The world and its ways. Amen. Let's hear verse 6 also in Kannada. 1 Peter 5, 6. Hmm. Glory to God. So there's the potter's hand again. It's a mighty hand, but you can stand against it and you will suffer. Or you can submit to it and you can draw near, closer, and enjoy Him more and more. Hallelujah. Amen. So all the perfect people, I wish you all the best. But for me, I need to humble myself again and again. I know it. I need to draw near. I need to be able to yield to him more and more. But there are people who think they don't need that much work. They don't need the potter's hand on their life. They need a break. And take the break. But you are just increasing uh, and delaying the timing even more. Hallelujah. I don't want to delay the timing. I want uh, to hasten the timing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ha ha ha. Thank you Jesus. Alright. I hope we've uh, said a few things there. Trying to make it as light as possible. You can see it's a labor of love. Because these kind of messages are you know, usually tough. But I don't want to sound that rough, even though it is. Let's go to Pharaoh for a minute. Let's go to Exodus chapter 10. Notice how Pharaoh's story goes. Pharaoh's a tough guy. How many of you know that if you're Pharaoh, you have to be a tough guy? Of course. So sometimes people will say, you are not a leader. He is a leader. You are not a leader. You are more of a servant. <laughs> people talk like that. Amen. But in God's eyes, the servant is the leader. <laughs> That's what he did with his son. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 10. Look at verse 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart <laughs> and the heart of his servants, that I might show these my signs before him. Thou mayest tell him in the ears of thy son and of thy son's sons what things I wrought in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them that you may know, notice how that I am the Lord. He's saying here, I'm going to make history. Your children are going to hear about this. But I have already hardened Pharaoh's heart. What's the point of telling somebody who you've already hardened to go and let the people Go free. How can you do that? <laughs> that seems like a contradiction. But you know, if God's nature is what we are talking about here, there must be something that has to be understood, right? Amen. I believe that. And one great scripture for that is the 8th chapter of Exodus. 
where it says there in verse 15, notice that the potter's hand has to be gentle first of all. But when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened his heart and hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. So anytime there was respite in those plagues, he would immediately harden himself. When the plague was tough, when the signs were rough, he would say, please, don't worry, I will let them go. The minute you say it, I am doing it. But when the respite comes, once the flood stops, then they do whatever they want. Once the corona ceases, then they do whatever they want. You see that? But when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened his heart and hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. So it's not that God hardened his heart. He hardened his heart. This is how he was. And then God at some point will just say, Okay, guess what? You want hard? Take hard. And God will now add his own extra hardness to the guy and make sure that that guy's hardness becomes a testimony of the goodness of God. How he has become a hindrance to the Jewish people and how God really smashed through everything he did and brought his people out. Hallelujah. So there is, there is this gentle touch that he starts with. Let's just gently deal. Come on, man. You're a reasonable guy. Let my people go. He's <laughs> like, yeah, sure. But he would always change his mind. Again and again and again. And finally God said, all right. You want hard? This is it. Now I'm going to harden your heart. There's no hope for you. You're finished. Amen. Now that's an unbeliever. Now come to the believer aspect. God's dealing with you about something. God's talking to you about something. Again and again. Again and again. And then you keep hardening yourself. Does he throw you out of the body of Christ? No. But you are not able to do what you were created for. And in the end you have regrets. In eternity when people are receiving various types of crowns. You don't get those types. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, it seems that there are different kinds of crowns there which have uh, different reasons for being given. One for this, one for that, and so on. One for just finishing. Finishing, you know. Just finishing what God told you to do. You get a crown for that. Imagine those who never finished what God told them to do. In fact, they never knew what God told them to do. You know, so you'll make it to heaven... Yes, thank God for streets of gold and mansions and all of that. But there's going to be something when God says that it will be forever that you cannot compare the glory with the things that you're going through right now that it is like dust on the scales. God is serious. The glory that he will show in lives, wow, you cannot compare to this 80, 90 years that you are living on the earth. There's nothing. In comparison to it. I believe God. Let's see if we can hear. Um, maybe Exodus 8.15. Hallelujah. Another good verse would be Exodus 9. Verse 34, when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunders were seized, he sinned yet more and hardened his heart 
he and his servants. See, the minute things began to calm down, he would harden himself and he would sin even more. Praise God. So once the hard times are over, in quote, you just adjust back and start going to the world and doing everything like them. That's a believer. And all the idols come up again and everybody's just back to normal life as usual. But when the hard times are up, oh, praise God. And we cannot be like Pharaoh. We cannot be like this kind of clay that has hardened itself. Then God hardens and super glazes with hardness. And you're just fit for nothing good. Amen. Let's hear verse 34 of chapter 9 also in Kannada. So I thought, wow, maybe since we're just through all of this so-called corona and those two years, maybe I should take an inventory and look at my thinking a little closely and consider my heart and see whether there's some secret thing that has crept up in my life that would like to resist God. Because it's easy to humble yourself when things are tough. See? Pharaoh humbled himself, in quote, when the stuff was really hard. But once the hand of that hardness was taken out, ah, he hardened himself. Amen. So it's easy to humble yourself when things are rough. Oh God, let's pray. Pastor, pray for me. Oh, I'm going through tough time. My brother did this. My uncle did the other. They took that away. This happened. Blah, blah, blah. My job. Blah, 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 blah. Please pray for me. Pray, 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 pray. And once that is removed. <laughs> Amen. That's the way it is. So I decided to look inside. And you know, you can go do your own thing. But I think it's a good time to check and see how am I faring in the internal climate of my deep thoughts and imaginations. Where does God actually feature? Hallelujah. The queen passed on. I think it's kind of interesting that the oldest living uh, you know, ruler on the earth went away. And uh, claimed to be a believer. Hallelujah. Ruled for more than 90 years. I mean, she lived more than 90 years. But... Um, there's always a time when you go back and then you face the judgment. You face the results. Amen. And it is important to realize that we are actually kings. And that you're also going to go back. May Jesus come and take us home rather than we just dying. But we have to stand before him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he will say, I wanted you to do this. I wanted you to do that. I wanted you to finish this. Did you finish the course? Did you run the race? Hallelujah. So let's not just be guys who harden ourselves and humble ourselves as we feel like, but rather let us yield to God. Amen. Praise God. I think we can read a verse or two. Did we do Exodus 8? Let's do 9.34 also. Have we done that? All right, praise God. Okay, let's look at a few hardening scriptures also. Uh, let's go to maybe Exodus chapter 10 and verse 20. Because when I, I don't know about you, but when I was reading the Bible back in 
the beginning times i used to think wow i don't understand this hardness thing for me it was still a mystery you know the same sun you know melts the butter but hardens the clay that kind of statement was like okay all right i don't know maybe i my brain is not really there you know maybe some people understand that more easy but uh as time went i began to see god has not changed <laughs> praise god god has not changed he's still good and he loves his people dearly and he has a plan for each one and his plans are good to give them a future and a hope to bring them to the expected end to crown them to enjoy rejoicing over them and welcoming them into the eternal realms he just the same but now he has to deal with us and our thinking praise god hallelujah exodus 10 look at verse 20 But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go. What? It's a contradiction, isn't it? But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the people go. Look at verse 27. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he would not let them go. Now you can ask, who really hardened who? See that? So there is a place where God can now say you want hard okay take it. That's a dangerous place. So while you can just be humble. Let there not be an increased pressure against God in our life where you really don't need him anymore. You don't hang around with believers anymore. You don't have time for all of that. You just disappeared, dropped out of the map. no address nothing may that not be your case maybe you think you're enjoying freedom but my brother my sister you have no idea the person we're dealing with has less, left us a chronology of his dealings with people and this was the most powerful person in the world pharaoh was like god hallelujah and he was the example unfortunately apparently in the history of some people they never record failures so you may not hear these kind of stories in the books out there they never record their failures they only talk about how great they were but this is god he cannot lie this is what actually happened after the people of israel came out of egypt that was the end of egypt nothing special came out of egypt anymore hallelujah so our dealings with god's people are vital the jewish people and the believing people the way we handle them is very important at some point we just have to humble ourselves and let god's will be done hallelujah glory to god maybe one more verse like that hallelujah let's go to the 11th chapter of exodus and let us observe there verse 10 and moses and aaron did all these wonders before pharaoh and the lord hardened pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of israel go out of his land praise god you can read the whole of the book and enjoy 
seeing these things, you know, and your, your reading of Romans 9 will be different. Amen. You can see clearly that it was not God who made some clay like this and other clay like that. He just had one type of clay and the clay decided to resist him or agree with him. They could become vessels of honor or vessels of dishonor in the great house of God based on their choices. And it's so vital to know that because we're dealing with God here. Hallelujah. Look at verse 10 of uh, uh, Exodus 11 also in Canada. So check out your own life and see, are there any idols that have risen up lately? May not be American idol, may not be star singer, but just something that has risen and become more important than God in your life. Hallelujah. That you have to check for yourself. And like I thought for myself, the, um, you know, just limiting the input of the world's news and stuff, uh, you know, constant barrage of WhatsApp and forwardings, just a mind free from the clutter would help me. And uh, it's really uh, a relief, a breath of fresh air. And you may want to do that yourself and try and see how it feels. But I'm not saying that you should not answer that call and reply to this and that. You know your work schedule and your life, what it depends on. But you know what to do. You can choose. But this, I believe, is very helpful. Because God is not hardening anybody. God is not the one who's forcing some vessels to be special and others not so special. It is the individual choice. It should be based on faith. It should be based on a humble attitude towards God, His Word, and His people. Hallelujah. God help us all. Exodus 11 says in verse 38, As a result of the hardness of Pharaoh's heart, God did so much powerful stuff in, in Egypt that people who saw Him Work there, the mighty wonders of God and the hardness and stubbornness of Pharaoh's heart. They watched it and people who were not Jews accepted Jesus, accepted the Lord. Just watching. They said, wow, this Pharaoh guy is a con man. This guy is hard. He's resisting the God of the Jews, but we see who the real power is. We see who the real God is. And so a whole number of people who were not Jews joined them and came out. That's verse 38. And a mixed multitude went up also with them and flocks and herds, even very much cattle. So not just the Jewish people coming out, but people who valued and saw the battle, saw the hardness of Pharaoh's heart, saw the plague, saw the wonders, and the mighty arm with which God brought his people out, they said, he's God. The God of Israel, he's God. We will serve him. We will follow him. And they came out with them. Interesting. Let's hear that also in Exodus 12, 38 in Canada. So you can see that he's not just the God of the Jews. Amen. Hallelujah. 
that it's not because they're Abraham's children. No, it's because of their choices. Hallelujah. He can make Jews out of stones, he said. He said, those who believe the promise, they are the sons of God. Amen. So it's not about nationality. It's not about family background. It's not about village. It's not about town or city. It's about the heart. Salvation is here in your heart, in your choices, in what you believe and what you speak. That's where it is. And it started before time began and it goes into eternity. God is the God who watches the heart. Let's not harden our hearts against the Lord. But let us humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's see if we can uh, do a, a scripture or two and then proceed and pray. Hallelujah. It's a little sobering, you know, but I don't know about you. I'm preparing to meet my maker. As you see the day of the Lord approaching, that's the time to get ready, not the time to run here and there. Praise God. I, I got another chance, another day. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12 says in verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. You think that you are begging God? God is begging us. I beg you. I beg you by the mercies of God. How much mercy does he have? He's the father of mercies. He's rich in mercy. He says, I beg you, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He said it is the most sensible choice to make. The most sensible thing you can do is give your life, your body, as a sacrifice to God. Hallelujah. How do I do it? Verse 2. Be not conformed to this world. The word for conform is also the word to be molded. See, they also have some clay operation going on. <laughs> they want to mold us. Hallelujah. Into their pattern. Be not conformed to this world. It's a way of thinking. It is the, the present age, what they think is right. Don't be conformed to that. Don't be molded by that. It changes all the time. Amen. They say, eat this. Tomorrow they say, don't eat that. Today, even, I think even tomatoes are not good for you. Imagine, good old tomatoes. They just come up with stuff. One day they say it's all good. The next day they say that one's not good. I mean, they're full of it. Meanwhile, God said everything God created is good for food. <laughs> Where does that stand in today? It has nothing to do with today. There's always, but, but this is not good. But that has this, and that the pestilence, and the fertilizer, and the, what about the name of Jesus? You see, our thinking has been so ingrained by their science that our faith does not rise up to deal with these things. We cannot, we cannot, we cannot just uh, accept that the name of Jesus will cover it. We have this resistance inside that's inbuilt and molded properly by the world. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Thank God you have not departed from your senses. You're not looking to go and eat mercury, you know, and just eat poison. No, that's not what we're talking about. But hey, glory to God. Let's, let's believe God. By the renewing of your mind. So in God's eyes, the way that this change takes place is by the mind being renewed. So you need to keep reading the Bible until your thinking is totally different. Again and again and again and again. Till you don't think that way anymore. How do you know what you think? That's the way you act. Renewing of your mind that you may prove that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Amen. There are things in the will of God that God is totally excited about that it must be yours. And he's saying, if you can adjust your thinking, God can make sure that all those wonderful things that are actually his will, your petitions can be granted. Hallelujah. Amen. God wants you to receive. God wants his family to receive. And if we can adjust our thinking, we can live as though we are living heaven on earth. As it is in heaven. Let's hear Romans 12 verse 1 to 2 also in Canada. Hallelujah. So if they say, hey, you need this message, uh, this will help you, this is from civilized, intelligent people, you have a propensity or a tendency to have diabetes, you need to start taking this medication and that medication, BP, that, the other. You have to think about it and close your eyes and see what do you see when you close your eyes? Do you see yourself sick? Do you see yourself poor? Do you see yourself cursed? We have a problem. And you need to start Filling your mind with the word of God to the place that when you close your mind, I mean your eyes, you can only see healed, blessed, free people. Hallelujah. That is a process. It will take a sacrifice, literally. It is a sacrifice to do that. And, you know, nobody likes sacrifices. Nobody likes sacrifices, especially the body of Christ. This kind of message that we preach is, uh, you know, a, a blessing. You, you are blessed. So where's the sacrifice part? Zero. You're just blessed. But when you start introducing this, they're like, nah, I can switch that off. I don't know what's wrong with our pastor. He brings all these funny messages in the middle of all the blessed. Charge them that are rich in this world. Be not high-minded. Don't trust in uncertain riches. One Canada reading said, Ahankari. You know, to become so lifted up that you are something. Meanwhile, you don't know you're resisting God. You don't need the word like that. You don't need Bible study. You don't need fasting and prayer. In fact, uh, you know, we don't know if you're here or you're there. I'm telling you, it's a sacrifice. There is a sacrifice 
It is a sacrifice for your mind first of all. And then you will have the will of God in your life. You will prove it. If your mind agrees with God's will and is blasted nicely with the word of God, the will of God will become very clear. For instance, like we said, you don't have to wonder, should I marry an unbeliever? Once you know the word of God, you don't have to pray about it. Hey, you don't have to marry an unbeliever. That's that. The will of God has become clear there. You don't have to fast about that. Like that, as you begin to get the word for various situations, you can immediately tell, that's not the will of God. So what's the will of God like once you know everything? Humble yourself. Humble yourself. This is going to involve some humbling. Humble yourself. You may have to fall at their feet. Fall at their feet. You may have to put everything at the It's all right. Me? Fall at their feet? For what? Me? Give everything to somebody else? What? Are you crazy? Hallelujah. You have to figure that out yourself. May God help us all. He's a merciful God. He's never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he loves you. Let's go to the potter's house. Amen. Father, we bless you. Mambreste, prato frefe, fele, tepalice, ebre, lucotara, mica, danja, big rodusto, fravavala, gaia, menta al mondo, brende, lito, presetia, efre, mechelte, el monosente, ebro, lumente, rapusco, fresete, crapasicanto, mencele, branto, brende, levriste, freveliente, all our energies. All our energies must be brought to bear on this matter. Every effort of ours, repati casto, must be brought to bear in this whole aspect of yielding, submitting to the will of God. Repedeeste. And it doesn't happen overnight. Oh, menta praste. It takes constant effort on a daily basis to make that a real sacrifice that is well-pleasing in God's eyes, leprosto, that he's so excited about, that nothing, nothing is hindered, that you receive all, for he's uh, a shield, and he gives grace, and he is a son to us, and he is a shield to us. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Because he longs for us to grow up and mature and leave our childish ways and get mature in the handling of our emotions. Mature believers, finishing the race that was given to us. What God planned for us, le prasile belegende, e procuto prichedeste, men calporo, fralidestea, el gorosicete mechete belete che le mono. Help us to humble ourselves under your mighty hand as we give our mind to the word again and again and again. We know that your will will be done in our lives. We give you praise as it is in heaven. We give you thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Hallelujah. You've been suffering with a serious migraine type of headache. Very, very severe headache. Somewhere in the center of your forehead. The mercy of God 
releases you from that in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Thank you Father. Worship you, worship you, worship you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you'd like to give, this is a great opportunity. You can do it in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, team. Thank you. Hallelujah. You're blessed.